Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because. Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world. Welcome to an all-new episode of Comedy Gold Mines, where we do what? You should know the answer to that question by now. We'll be getting to the minds of brilliant comedians. And oh my God, what amazing minds they are. And today, well, today was not going to be any different. It's going to be some more of that. I got a funny duo. Tandem partnership. We can go down the line. We can call it so many things, man. Two funny brothers that are climbing the ladder of success. Desus and Mero is in the building. Yeah. Hey. What up, what up, what up? Desus and Mero are in the building. BX in the building. You know the vibes? The vibes. Before we start, guys, uh, major, major salute, man. Give you a Thank salute you. from afar. Can't wait to give you a salute in person, followed by multiple handshakes, man. You brothers are really finding your way to new levels of success, and I like the way that you're doing it. You're doing it your way. Thank you, man. You're welcome. I got to get into the, to the friendship. To how, how does this start? Before we get into accolades and what you've done and where you are and what's out, how the fuck does this start? How do you, how do you meet? Is this a long-term friendship? Is this a childhood friendship? What? Kind of a teenage friendship. We kind of knew each other in passing in high school because we're both from the Bronx. Shout out to the Bronx. And, you know, long story short, in summer school, I knew one of his boys. And, like, his, like so I know his face, but I didn't know him. That wasn't, like, my homie homie. Mm -hmm. But then we reconnected years later on Twitter because we tweet about the same things. And our interactions, people were just like, yo, y'all have a lot in common. And it just took off from there, really. Really? So people people noticed the, the chemistry, not you guys. People oh, from yeah. far put For you sure. guys together. Yeah, like I was, I was using the same phrase, like joke tennis. Like I would tweet something or Diesel would tweet something, and we just go back and forth, like you know what I mean, like building off each other's jokes. You know what I mean, and it, and it, it became such a regular thing that people like were like, "Yo," you know what I mean, and then also our references. It was just be like they were so specific, and then I like I tweet about a specific location in the Bronx, and then Miro would be like, "Yeah, I used to hang over there," blah blah blah, and people really enjoyed that on the Twitter format. And shout out to Complex Magazine, they was like, "All right, we're gonna take it to the next format and give you a podcast because people want to hear these tweets and your voices." Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, you know, Twitter is one thing. You know, it's you got you got a certain amount of characters, and you you you're giving your opinion in those characters. But then when you guys first met, now you've probably heard about each other at this point. People have said that you guys should meet. You guys are gonna probably have a lot in common, etc. I mean, on first sight, was the chemistry there? Did it match what everybody was saying, or was it something oh, right that you away. guys? Right yeah, away, it was right away. It was wow, right because it's yeah. funny because we the first podcast was like. It wasn't even in like a legit studio. It was just kind of mm -hmm. like a dry run, you know what I mean? And we, it's like the first time we've seen each other in like decades, you feel yeah, me? So yeah. we get in the room and it's like literally like, like we didn't skip a beat. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like the references were there, everything that came from Twitter translated directly into the into the podcast format. We were like, yo, we got something here. And the funny thing, it wasn't, it wasn't like a regular comedy duo where, you know, like you meet your boy at the club, y'all do a set and then y'all go home. Like we were doing the podcast and then we had to take the train home together. And that's like an hour train ride. So we basically were doing, like people on the train overhearing us interact was like, yo, y'all should have a show, y'all should have a podcast. Because it wasn't like something we had to turn on. That's just our natural chemistry. So it was, there was no time, it wasn't like, you know, like tonight with the Nets, they just traded James Harden, you know, he got to learn the plays, he got to learn his teammates. There was no downtime like that. We hit the ground running and been running ever since. Cause it could, it could yeah. be stupid. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it's, it's one thing to, to have some history where you grew up and you guys, you know, literally were were hip to hip from day one and, and never missed a beat. But when people are throwing that in the air, like, yo, you got to meet, you got to meet. I'm telling uh -huh. you, you guys are going to hit it off. And then y'all finally see each other. 
and you actually do hit it off, that's a dope fucking thing because it could be the complete opposite. It could be, I don't know what the fuck y'all was talking about. We had nothing in common. We have absolutely nothing. <laughs> and then also, you know, the fact of just because you're funny on Twitter doesn't always translate to being funny in real life. So that was also something you had to worry about, like, because it's just like, yo, what if Miro is not funny in real life? But that, like, we when we met, we were laughing before we even got into the conference when we were supposed to officially meet, because we met downstairs in the elevator and we was just like talking about Bronx stuff and dapping each other up and. It was just perfect. You know, that it was great. It was very refreshing for him to be exactly who he was. And the podcast starts how? Is it a suggestion? Do you guys come up with it? Oh, shout to our Donnie Kwa. Mm -hmm. That's our, our homie. Donnie Kwa, the complex. Yeah. He hit us up and he was like, yo, y'all doing this thing on Twitter. Might as well do it on, you know what I'm saying? We got a platform yeah. for y'all. You know what I mean? Why don't you come all over here and make a little bread? And the wild, the wildest part was we were actually thinking about doing our own podcast, but we're two guys from the Bronx. We had no idea how to do a podcast. That's we didn't nice. know any recording equipment. We didn't like know about editing. Like most people, like it's we were like, oh, could we just record it on our phones? They was like, no, you need like a studio engineer. You need someone to edit this. You need to upload it to servers. And if you don't, and, like at that time, we both have regular jobs, and it's just like we were not making money. So to ask us to take money we didn't have to make a pot, we was like, nah. So shout out to Donnie Quar coming through because they provided like all the production values and stuff and we just did the rest. So let me let me tell you why this in, this interview is interesting to me, man, because I like, I love shit that just happened and, and it, it didn't happen the way it was supposed to. This mm -hmm. wasn't the plan, right? right? This was not a set out agenda. Yeah. You guys did not say nah. that this is what I want to do and what I'm going no. to do with life. So when you find yourself in a position where you gotta adapt, you gotta you gotta call personal audibles, transform, configure into what you're now doing. That's a big deal. That's mm -hmm. a big deal because because in order to continue to like succeed at something you have to fucking continue to love it. So yeah. not having a love for this thing that you now have found the love for, that's an interesting space of conversation for me, man. Like when when you guys were, when, when the podcast was bought up, were you guys even familiar with the background of successful podcasters at the time? Did you know what they could do? Nah, it was just like a buzzword. You know what I mean? Like one of yeah. the early internet buzzwords, like, you know, Oh, this podcast. We were like, yeah, it was like because people were subscribing it. I was like, that sounds like AM radio. Like, why would you want to listen to that? That sounds so boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, we're doing we're doing drive time radio on the internet. Is that what you're telling me? Have you guys <laughs> ever to stand up? Uh, we've done shows. We've done sold out shows. We sold out the Apollo. We've done a, we've done tours. We've been out there, bro. Uh, but you know what though? You 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 right though because it's not traditional. You know what I mean? Because it's like. We, our live show is like it's almost it's like a hybrid, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of podcasts that are popular, and then they'll do like a live podcast, you know what I mean? We're not sitting in chairs and like just with two mics going back and forth. We up, we doing physical stuff, we talking, we hugging, we, you know what I mean? Like, and it's it's like a double stand up. Like our first live show, we had chairs on the stage and we sat down and we were just like. Yo, this is killing the energy. This is killing the energy. This feels like this feels like Charlie Rose on PBS or something. So now when we're doing the shows, now you know we holding the mics, we're running back and forth, and the energy because we go up there with no much like it's all off the dome. There's no written jokes. There's nothing. You guys don't crowd. prepare it all. It's all off the fucking cuff. Off the the most the most research we'll do like say we're going to like Rhode Island, we'll mm -hmm. go like we'll Google like where's the black people in Rhode Island like what what sports team do these people fuck with whatever. But then even a case like that like when you're doing Word. crowd work you're gonna mess it up because I remember it was in L.A. and I was just like yo who got the best tacos and we almost got thrown out of there because you can't ask that question in L.A. <laughs> and then, so then the next night when I came through I had to troll them and I was like yo I had the best tacos in L.A. y'all gotta hit up this little spot called Jack in the Box and they were like boo. So it was like trolling like that, but no, there's no written jokes and nothing. And it's just feeding off the crowd's energy. And it's not always our crowd because we've done Just for Laughs and we did that in um, Montreal. And in that case, we had a lot of people who were just there for the comedy festival. They had never heard of us. And they came and saw it afterwards. People were just like, you know, you guys curse a lot and you use a lot of the N-word, but we had a good time. So we had a know. great time. <laughs> After doing the festival, did anything come from it? Meetings, meetings, uh, relationships, because that's what Montreal, that's what the Just for Last Festival is about. It's about going there. It's about getting seen. It's about the industry embracing you. Uh, did you guys feel like there was a there was a, a another level that was reached after you guys got done with that festival? 
Yeah, there was a lot of networking at Montreal. I remember I smoked weed with Russell Peters. We uh, were hooking up with Kenya Barris. You know, like we met people because it's just, it was, we didn't know anything about comedy festivals. So something, a situation like that where all these big comedians are staying in a hotel and you're just running into people, you're seeing like Godfrey out here, you're seeing like all these big names you grew up with. And you're just like, yo, they're right there. And we're in the same profession. You're just talking to them casually and you're connecting. And after that, that was before we were even on Showtime. That was back before, were we even on Vice yet? That, that was 2017. And the, the wildest thing about that is that we won the, you know, we each got the top 10 comics to watch in 2017. You're basically, I mean, you're basically creating, it's almost, it's almost like you're creating another another space because you know when you're talking about you're talking about the people that do podcasts and they do them with live audiences some people do right but those podcasts range from different things um it's not like they're dedicated to comedy or approached from a comedic perspective so when you guys are doing the live shows and now especially now that i have like crystal clarity on it and you're saying like that there's like a duo a tandem thing of back and forth but you're just literally riffing it's it's all off the top of your head. I mean, that's A, what your fans have, have grown to to love and and endorse and want. But just from a, you know, just from a, a prep standpoint, has there ever been a fear of not having enough to talk about or not not knowing what directions to go in or, you know, the people's reaction. You guys just say, fuck it, let's go with the flow. Uh, listen, I, we, I've told this story a million times. Shout out to, uh, what is, is, uh, what's the theater in uh, Boston? Uh, the Wilbur Theater. The Wilbur. Wilbur yeah. We go to the Wilbur, and we are just riffing for so... Like, you know, we're we're New Yorkers, so we're Yankee fans. That's the Red Sox. So we're getting mm -hmm. into that with that. Nick fans versus Celtics. But we're just going with them. We're going with them. They're not a hostile crowd or whatever. And they're... You know, when you're on stage, you're like, yo, you have to be off at a certain time. We're going to turn on the light. That tells you, you know, wrap it up. Yes. We're going so hard, we don't even notice the light is on. So we're doing... We do an extra hour. And at one point, like, I go to get another beer and I ask the crowd, I'm like, yo, y'all ready to go home and y'all want more? And the crowd, of course, is like, we want more. And we see this, like, white guy on the side of the stage. Yeah. And he's like, yo. Time to go. Time for y'all to get the fuck out of here. And we go to him and we're like, yo, what's the problem? He's like, yo, people, some of the staff members have families. They need to get home. Like, y'all need to stop. Y'all should have been off the stage, like, an hour ago. And we're like, yo, for real? Like, we get on stage and we lose track of time because it's just so much fun. And when you get that energy, like, when you, like, when I make Meryl laugh and Meryl makes me laugh and then the crowd is laughing, we're rocking with people, that's an amazing yeah, experience, man. bro. And it's just like, it's not, it, it really, like, if they would just leave us on stage, we would kill it because we once like early on in our um career like way before any of the tv shows shout out to a track we hosted a music festival in brooklyn fool's gold day yeah. off and we were just like we were just like oh okay this is no big deal you know what this is gonna be we were on stage what were we from like one o'clock to nine at night god damn and it was wild because yeah. like and like these said we had not done any type of like crowd type of show or anything and then we get on the stage and we like the we basically mc in the 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 festival so we get yeah, up there, yeah. and fam, it's a sea of, you know when you got a crowd that you can't even see the end of? It's going straight back. It's going straight, straight back. Going straight so back. We step on stage, and it's like, oh, shit. By the way, by the way, the scariest crowds are the crowds that go straight, straight back. Straight back. back. With, with, with no levels, just straight back. Because the, the further back you go, the, you the, the, yeah, you can't see the the attention starts to get sidetracked. You don't know what mm -hmm. those people back there are doing. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta guess and just and pray for the best what's going on back there. Yeah, and then at this at this festival, at this festival, this concert, no, like we just started the podcast. We might have been like maybe five episodes into the podcast. So the crowd is like yo who are these people yo what are you doing but then we're killing them with the jokes we're introducing the locks we're introducing french montana bobby smurder cameron remy ma and the crowd is loving it because like a track you know like when you're doing the festivals artists are always running late and they're like yo get on stage and just kill 10 minutes and we're like say less we got this and i just remember at the end of the festival french montana shut it down everyone went home and we're standing on stage and i'm like talking to Meryl, and i'm like yo we did that and i'm dapping them up and there's like all these people in the front of the stage and they're like, yo, we're waiting to take pictures with y'all. And we was like, what? yo, I was like, that's why. Like, like y'all police? Like what is, why? why for, do yeah, like we got warrants. <laughs> and then and then we walked away. We walked two blocks away to Miro's car, which he had driven and car. we drove home. Listen to me, man. I, I love, I love how, I just love how fucking 
I love the story. I love how it's breaking down. First of all, I love the fact that y'all even dabble in the stand-up space. I didn't even know that. Like, I'm familiar oh, with fun, the bro. podcast. I'm familiar with the show. So now knowing, like, so comedy has played a major part in, of course, your success, but I would, I would think your involvement. Because if you guys are able to go and able to continue and, you know, like you said, lose track of times, that means you're getting a serious flow of funny. You're not just out there giving dialogue. Yeah. You're giving a serious flow of funny, of jokes, of concept, premise, segues. You, you, there is no way to be on stage that long and just fucking speak and, and the shit not be connected at all. That's a that's a that's a big thing, guys. Congrats. Thank you, man. man. Thank Yo, you, man. Hearing it from you, man. That's how I praise. You know what I mean? That's for how real. I praise. But also shout out to you, Kevin, for uh one back in, I want to say like 20 uh, 2002, one Friday night, me and my boys, we had gotten a couple of those big Smirnoff ices. And my boy came through with a little movie called Paper Soldier. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Bro. We yo, we used to first watch movie. that relig. We used to watch class. that religiously. My That's a hood movie, classic, man. there, bro. My first man. fucking movie. And then, but I Danny. remember because every after seeing that and then seeing you pop up in hip hop videos later on, I was like, yo, my guy's doing it. I had a weird road. The same way that you're talking about your road, I had a weird road. You <laughs> like had you a weird road, like, yeah, but it worked met. for you, man. It did. It worked for you. So it did. I mean, like, so for the fact that like. Even I remember when the, the publishers hit us up and was like, "Yo, Kevin Hart wants you on the podcast." That's it. Like we've interviewed Obama, we've interviewed big people, but every now and then you like, "Oh, for oh, real?" Shit. Like, Yo, bro, wow. I saw, like, I saw. I cannot let you skip by that. First of all, thank you. I I can't let you skip by the Obama moment. Yo, yeah. like goddamn, that was big. Guys. And bro, oh, that's man. that's huge. What do you mean, Ben? That's, that's huge. Major. My mom called me crying, Kev. You hear yeah. me? In tears. I never thought you could do this. But do you do you guys really pro have you processed what that means? Like Obama was on a he's on a book tour. So Obama is he's embracing the big outlets. Right. He's embracing but the big outlets. You're considered a massive hit. You're considered a massive piece of traction for eyeballs, for, for people. Kev, tell it to the check writers, Kev. Tell it to the check writers, Kev. Yeah, let's let's rewind a little bit. On our show, we interviewed uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Like, Jesus. We, like we, we, we got the infinity gauntlet right now. Like, we're running out of people to yeah, interview. We just need I mean, Michael Jordan for the final stone, you know what I mean? I, guys, I'm, I'm telling you, man, that's nothing, that's nothing to just bypass. That's fucking, that's, that's massive. Ultimately, if you're if you're saying things and people are responding and people are listening and people are looking forward to your thoughts, they're looking forward to your opinions mm -hmm. that's because you got a great way of thinking. And there, there's no way around that. Like if people are if people are listening to you because your opinion is interesting and you're also fucking funny within the way you deliver your opinion and you guys are together and don't have a problem with one another, which makes better conversation because mm -hmm. I can say things to you and you understand that we're just talking and you can say them to me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're, right. you're giving people a, you're giving people just real, real dialogue. Yeah. That's yeah. what the fuck you're doing. And it shows, it shows in your personality. I think that's a testament to the chemistry too, Kev. Like, it's just like, like you said, we could go up there and do 190 minutes and there's not a lull. You feel me? Because like, I know, mm -hmm. like, I know, like, it's like the Wonder Twin, we like, if there's something in the in the zeitgeist and pop culture that's going on that's popping off, like and he starts to talk about it, I'm a, I'm a, like I'm like yo I know I, I think I know where he's going with this I think I know where he's going with this he's and he's just gonna throw it off the glass and I'm gonna yam it. There was one show where there was like it wasn't lows, but we couldn't even like we were laughing so hard at each other's jokes, like it was just like not silence. The crowd is laughing and like I'm double I'm physically in pain laughing at whatever joke we did and the crowd is just clapping i had to like lean on the table to catch my breath because we just get so into it because if you think about where we started we used to i had to leave my office i had to sneak out my office job to record the podcast Miro had to sneak out his school job to record the podcast we didn't think it would ever take us this far so it's just like we already exceeded what people thought we would do and we're continuing to go higher and higher and it's just such a fun ride did you guys make the decision to leave your jobs together was it a was it a dual decision or was it separate? You know what I think was it. I think it was just um it was just take a chance. 
because we, I, I really hated my office job. I hate, I, at that point, I was like trying to get fired. Mm -hmm. So they were like, yo, just do a podcast. Like, so we were only getting money from the podcast. That was all the income ah, I had coming okay. in. But okay. I was like, you know what? Let me risk this because even if this fails, at least I tried it. The worst would be for me to stay at that office job, never have taken a chance with the podcast and spend the rest of my life wondering what yeah. if. I mean, I was working at the school and I was lucky enough that I got out in time to get on the train and make it down to the studio in time to do the podcast. So I literally okay. quit my job the day that the ink was dry on an MTV contract. Cause I was just like- I was right there. And yeah. I was just like, well, I called my principal and she was like, shut the fuck up. She's like, you ain't getting no, she's like, you ain't no, no fucking TV. And then I sent her a selfie from the office, like overlooking the Hudson. <laughs> I'm like, yo, 1550, bro, holla, ah. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. she was like, yo, congratulations. I'm proud of you, you know what I mean? Cause she saw me grow up. I went to the same junior high school that I ended up working at. So she saw me as a kid and then, you know, reaching that, like, you know, going full circle like that, you know what I mean? But also I had kids at the time too. So like, you know what I mean? It was, it was yeah. a different type of- That's what I was going to ask you. You're, you're, you're on the family side. You got four, yeah. right? You, we, we tied. Yeah, I got four three kids. Three boys and a girl. Uh, and three boys and a girl. Yeah. God damn. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds active. Very active. Yeah, that's funny. why I'm doing yeah, this shit here and not in my actual crib. Yeah, that's how that's how you know I'm a that's how you know I'm a a, a dad of many as well. You start using yeah. words like active. That active. Sounds, that sounds active. Oh yeah, man. Exactly. God damn. And uh you don't have any uh kids, right? Uh not no? that I know of. No, no, said, no, kids, no kids, no kids, no kids. Now, no kids. Now, you guys being on completely two different sides of the spectrum, does that ever, you know, does it ever cause a problem? Or, you know, do you feel like that that helps add to the to the chemistry because there's one guy with the perspective of kids, family, et cetera, and then there's one without. You know, does that work to your advantage? Is that a space oh, yeah. you guys sure. go in? Hundred percent. Yeah, it works definitely to our advantage because it's just like he has stuff from his perspective, and then there's stuff from my perspective, and then we bring it together on the podcast because it's just like stuff that he's like he has to worry about like here in the pandemic, remote schooling. You know what I'm saying? Like living with his spouse, like things like that, dad stuff. Me on the other hand, I'm over here like I'm I'm an extrovert. I love going out. Like I got no reason to stay at home. New York is basically shut down. My favorite bar went out of business. There's no restaurants and stuff. So I'm going stir crazy inside. I'm watching like, bro, I'm watching Hallmark movies at this point. Like <laughs> I, I, I got nothing going on, but then I'm able to come, I'm able to bring that to the podcast. I'm like, I'm explaining to him about Hallmark movies. And you know what, you know, that perspective, it works. People like that because if you, if you listen to a podcast, like you're at either point in your life, you either don't have kids or you're, you know, you have kids. So either way, one of the viewpoints works out for you. And it's never a kind of thing where we disagree with each other, where I'm like, no, it's this. And he's like, it's that. It's like, no, I'm just like, yo, things is like this. He's like, well, I see it like this. And I'm like, cool. Right. But you guys understand. And that's that's yeah. something that that's something that people don't do today. People are people mm -hmm. are people have gotten to the point where they forgot that people are entitled to have an opinion. Yeah. We're we're so caught up on I'm right versus you're wrong that you forgot it's okay for you to feel and think how you want and me to feel and think how I want. I think, yeah, definitely. You see that a lot now with like, you know, no shots at ESPN, but with like sports shows, they always have like two commentators going at each other. Like, I feel this way. No, I feel this way about LeBron. Whereas our show is just kind of like, yeah, we're all watching the same thing. No one has a sharp opinion. The only sharp opinion, I'm a big fan of the filet of fish. Miro thinks it's disgusting, <laughs> whatever. That's you know what I'm saying? That's the only but other than that, that's... <laughs> That's, that's, what what got, that's what you guys are going back and forth crazy with. Every everything else is fine, but but what's almost ended this relationship is the argument over the filet of fish sandwich versus the rib. I was out in Europe. I was out in Europe and I was on like a little tour. And every country I took a picture with a filet of fish. Like yo, how y'all feel? And people were just like, people were like, yo, you are in France. You're eating a filet of fish. There's so much good food out there. I was like, ah. Yeah. ah, ah. Stick stop sticking with my Bronx roots. What's up? <laughs> sticking with what you know. More comedy gold mines with Kevin Hart after this. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about the Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of the Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So, what do people get when they listen to the Late Show Pod Show? Let's let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. 
It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Conan O'Brien here to tell you about some of the stranger things we've been doing recently on my podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Recently we had an episode where I uh, sat down with some of the writers that I worked with on Conan O'Brien Must Go. That's my uh, travel show on Max. And we talked about everything that goes into those shows uh, and a lot of very insane anecdotes from our travels and adventures. There's another episode you might want to check out where I discuss with my physician, Dr. Arroyo, about my experience on Hot Ones. We talk about my near-death experience and his uh, complete inability to help me because he may or may not be a real doctor. That's just some of the stuff that's been going on. Uh, and if you feel up to it, check it out. So catch up on all things I've been up to on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you don't know, we're talking to Deces and Meryl. God damn it, I, I want to know more. Here's a, here's a good question for you guys. What's the, what's the goal? What's the goal now? You know, what, it, what's the ultimate level of success in the, in the space that you guys are in? Like if you, if you guys could paint a perfect picture and, and it has you guys at the top. What does that look like? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I feel like that's actually a question because I, you know what? Like, I'm not saying where we're at right now is where we want to be, but just where we're at right now is pretty impressive. Like, because Miro always says, we're not supposed to be here. Like, this was never something that was promised to us or anything like early on, like when we were like five or 10, we was like, yo, we want to be famous. So the idea that like right now I'm in front of a huge sneaker wall talking to Kevin Hart, I'm like, Yo, listen, we, we did some things weren't right in your life. We did, we did some things. But I mean, no, just continuing the rise, like movies. We just finished the book. We just had a pair of Timberlands came out. We had ice cream named after us. We just want to keep leveling up, keep elevating, keep making good stuff and keep making stuff people enjoy. The Kevin Hart model, dog. You know what I'm saying? Just You know what I'm saying? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Just diversify and make sure you should. You better not. Mm -hmm. You better fucking cook as many eggs as you can. You said it right. Uh, how do you guys stumble upon a book? I mean, I can't let you just haul ass past that. You guys oh. have a book that's out. Correct uh, yes. me if I'm wrong, best but seller, it's a New York Times bestseller. You know what I'm correct? Bestseller, God level, ah, ah, ah. God level knowledge darts, life lessons from the Bronx. Shout out to Random House. I mean, it was just, I was, it was our time in the career where people were just like, "Yo, y'all need a book." People want, people want to see the podcast in the written format. And shout out to the book. It is exactly the podcast Literally. in the written format. Because if you look at Miro's tweets, he always tweets in all caps. So in the book, all his chapters are in all caps, but it's not like a whole chapter of his because if the chapter's about drugs, it starts with like Miro talking, then it switches to me, which is like in lowercase, and it switches back to Miro, then back to me as if we're having a flowing conversation. And the editors were really impressed that we were able to pull that off. But again, that's that chemistry. Well, I got to say it again, man. This is nothing to just speak past real fast. Uh, once again, their book is a goddamn New York Times bestseller. That's huge. All right. That's Title of the book, God Level Knowledge Darts, is available. Uh, support it, man. Once again, these are guys living a fucking dream and just continue to open up doors as they as they go on. When, what's the what's the background like? I didn't I didn't ask you guys about the background. I asked you guys about how you started, but what's the you guys have mentioned the Bronx several times. Are we are we talking about you know the tough and difficult side of the Bronx uh, and coming up in the Bronx? Are we talking about you know some some turmoil at the younger age of 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 growing up where it's like fuck? I had it kind of tough. It was it was. It was a shit show for me getting out of where I lived and being in an environment that I was in. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 like it's it's really like you know surviving your environment and you use comedy as like a as like a weapon almost. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're that dude that can roast, you know what I mean, and you and your hands work a little bit, you know what I mean, you could get your, you could talk yourself out of a lot of situations. So, like, what was your record, Mero? You said your hands work a little bit. What was your record? You know what I'm saying? In the street. <laughs> what was your street, record? I'm not gonna, yeah, you, anybody that says, anybody that commits to record and that says that they are undefeated in the street is a liar. I, they lying. They lying. Everyone, everyone took an yeah, L. Everyone has taken an L. I would say probably I like think, 15 and 6. You know what I'm saying? In my 15 and in 6. In my professional career. 15 and 6. Which you know what? <laughs> but just jumping, more record. jumping. Yo, the problem was, uh, like, growing up in the Bronx, <laughs> it was just like, you're kind of growing up in the hood, but you don't realize that. You think yeah. everyone's neighborhood is was, like this. So yeah. you're not like, oh, woe was me, I'm poor. You're like, oh, everyone's, everyone lives like, I remember watching Roseanne, and I was like, yo, that's poor white people. 
Wow, wow. that's wild. They live yeah. kind of like us. But then, even in our neighborhood, you couldn't really have a record because a fist fight wouldn't end in a fist nah. fight. Fist fight, getting the gun. So yeah. you would just completely avoid fist fights. So what usually happened, you'd have, like, I mean, like, at one point, we were walking around with illegal guns in my neighborhood. Like, that's the kind of neighborhood we lived in. And it wasn't, like, some tough guy thing. It was just, like, natural Regular. for the neighborhood. And that's, like, it's still like that in the Bronx. And that's something we always talk about in the podcast. It kind of is disheartening because, like, now we're so much older. And just reading in the news the other day, they were talking about this 16-year-old here in the Bronx got killed. And for the only reason, because someone, he... The person that killed him shot someone and was running out the building, saw him and didn't want him to tell the cops and just shot him. Wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place at the wrong time. And the thing is, when I was 15, I had a friend that died from the same thing. So it's just kind of just like, damn, this is still going on. This is this is messed up. And this is not how everyone else grew up. But to us, this was normal. And it's just that comes across in our comedy. Well, the older you get, too, your your perspective on life changes. And you start to think mm-hmm. about the generation that's coming from behind. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Like everything, everything that we're thinking about now is about the youth. Yep. So when you see that the 16 died uh, for no reason at all, wrong place, wrong time, shit hurts. You're like, God damn, it hurts. that kid had a future. That kid could have been, been the next. You know what I mean? Like what, whatever, whatever that story is, it's now left untold. So as mature adults who have lived a life, you know, uh, with some cobblestones, some bumps, some fucking, yeah. some, some, bruises along the way you you really do think from the perspective of just wanting to see better for those that are up for real. that's Definitely. that's the biggest thing to me wanting to that's see part better. of what you were asking before you know about like what is the ultimate goal is bringing up you know people like us people like you know don't have an end to the entertainment industry because kevin you know how hard it is to get your foot in the door you know what i mean Absolutely. like you gotta grind 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 get seen by the right person. You could grind for 20 years and never make it. You know what I'm saying? You can grind for 30 and never make it. But you could grind for 5, 10, and the right person gets the eyes on you. Like, you, let's say you walk into a comedy club and you see a dude that got a tight 10, and you're like, I could work with him. I'm looking. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's how happened. You tell no lies. It's kind of like, you know, like, I'm also empathetic to the kid that shot that kid. Like, how did his life get to that point that he has to be running around with a gun and shooting people and being a gang war? Like, where does society fail that kid? And that's important in our comedy because we've always given back to the Bronx. Like, everyone in the Bronx is always like, yo, thank you. You always claim the Bronx no matter where you go. You represent for the Bronx. And it's not just some comedy thing. We definitely take the money we've made and we've given back to the Bronx. We had an after-school program that we funded to give kids a place to go so they don't have to be, like, running around doing gang stuff. We've given away money. I've personally been providing to a, a food... What do you call it? A food fridge over here in Mott Haven. You know, just because there's a lot of people, this pandemic has devastated the Bronx. We have, like, one of the highest death rates in New York City, I think, from it, and people getting unemployed. And it's just, like, we feel blessed that we came from the Bronx and the Bronx made us, and we also feel like we got to give back. And that's, like, super important to us. Like, it's... I think that's when you were talking about where do we want to go. It's just definitely, like, help the Bronx and leave where we came from a better place. That's uh, that's special, man. That's special because you're. that means that you're never going to forget. Nah. You're never gonna forget, and it's more. It's more about the respect of people knowing that you have a good heart towards what you love. Like that's right. that's the respect that you that you're looking for, and and your and your actions. I mean, it, it's showing that it's well deserved. I think that's special, man. It's fucking special. It's, and and at this point in your career, when you when you say, you know, we just want to help open up doors, you know, to the next versions of ourselves or show people that these things can happen. Well, you're really are laying out a blueprint. You're, yeah. you're laying out another blueprint that's showing you how to get to different pieces of success, because some me, some people equate it as one thing. Some people equate success as the the big star, right? The 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 big big star or the best best athlete. That's what they say is success or the the best business man or or woman in the world. But what they don't understand is there's so many versions of this business that you can become 
versions of the best at and there in. You go. Like, I'm sitting up here listening to guys tell me that, you know, look, it started off in a in a space of comedy and 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 love for it. And then went to a space of podcasts. Then you included doing the podcast with the comedy. And then that merged into the shows and then the relationships, MTV complex, and now Showtime. Now you're talking about a fucking book. And now within the book, it's a New York Times number one bestseller. Now you're talking about interviewing the biggest political figures in the world, world leaders, future mm -hmm. and, and, you know, past world leaders are now sitting in front of you guys to talk. Yeah. So when, when I hear these stories, I'm so intrigued by them. And more importantly, this is what this podcast is about. My podcast is about really having an understanding for the people that embrace funny mm -hmm. because there's so much to you and people may not fucking know your heart. They may not know where your priorities lie. You guys landed out like that for, for me and for the listeners of inside jokes. You know, we, we are, we are truly humbled and, and blessed to fucking know and be a part hey, of man. Because we Thank don't, because we don't have to be. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? That's that's your business, and everybody doesn't have to know. That's the thing too. Like you could, like being from the hood, you could just get your bag and go. You know what I mean? Like get the fuck out of Dodge. You know what I mean? And be like, yo, peace out. Like I'm never gonna see y'all again. Sink or swim, motherfucker. You know what I mean? But like that's never been our, you know, goal or like yeah. at all. You know what I'm saying? Because you know we playing with house money. 2020, like you know what I mean? Like shit. Like we we we, we working on everything. Here's a good question. Here's yes. a good one for you, right? So with within success, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have your ups, you're gonna have your downs. Have you guys had any downs that have almost put you in a position where you said, you know what, fuck this? That I'm 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 really contemplating like just saying no more. This is stupid. It's not worth it. Oh, you know what? It was at the end of our run at Complex. There was like a little kind of like gap. Mm -hmm. And we had a meeting with our friend, Santa Ezra, Ezra Kane, you know what I'm saying, Vampire Weekend Gang. You know what I'm saying? We we sat down with him to try to, like, you know, see, like, maybe we could do something independently or whatever. And then we, like, we kind of left and we were just kind of like, bro, like, we kind of just looked at each other and we were like, yo, is this going to work? Like, are we going to go back to the block? <laughs> and it was just, like, speaking frankly, just being like, yo, fam, do we just got to hit up? Go half on a uh, on a quarter, you know what I'm saying, and, and flip it. Like, what are you we were, gonna do? I think it was uh, we were at the end of our MTV2 contract, and we had literally, I think, one of the heads of MTV2 was just like, we, they were like, we we don't know what to do with you, so your contract's gonna end, wow. and that's it. Wow. And so we were just like, oh shit, and I'm like, hold, I gotta, start, I gotta edit my resume. I was like, yo, I gotta go back to an office. Like, imagine you've been on TV for a little bit, not even a full show, just little sprinkles. You get your name out there, and they're like, yo, we're done. We're done. So now we're just ending the contract, and it's just like, it's just hanging over our head. And they're like, yo, we got this one last show for y'all to do. We head in there, and it's just like that stress of like having just a little taste of success, and then someone takes it away. And now you're just like, where's the life gonna go? We gotta go back to regular job. Like I already burned the bridge on my regular job because I slandered them so much and just walked out on the last day. I can't go back there. Can't use that as a reference. I'm just like, yo, what are we gonna do now? And then shout out to the homie Nick Weidenfeld who was like, hey, um, I'm going to be the president of a new channel and I want you guys to be have a TV show on it. You wanna? Are you guys down? Wow. And he's like, hell yeah. Shout out to Nick. Wow. And here we go. But the lesson learned. The lesson learned in that I hope is that. You know, nothing, nothing is 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 promised, and nothing is that concrete, yep, right? Definitely. Like you, you, you can get a, a a nice a nice view of what you think mm -hmm. is reality, and you can soon realize that it doesn't have to be. So, if anything, I think it makes you respect the craft, uh, absolutely, and, and, and respect the opportunity a lot more. Um, guys, I want to take a quick commercial break, man. The conversation's getting good. More. Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart after this. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.
We're inside the minds of Deces and Meryl. Once again, what amazing minds they are. Guys, you know, we're, we're covering so much. And, you know, this is all, like you guys said, you're going off the stage. Like you guys said, when you get on stage, you do off the cuff. It's just, you guys go up there and talk. That's the same thing that I do with the podcast. And the reason why is because what I don't know, I want to know, and I want to mm -hmm. learn. And, and I really want real conversation. I don't yeah. want program conversation. I want real fucking back and forth. Um, here's a question for you, man. This is a, it's a fucking podcast where, of course, I embrace comedians. I want to know if there's any comedian or actor who has had a big impact on you guys, an impact on you. Um, oh, yeah. You know, just, just in any, anybody in that field that you feel has, a, has affected you in any kind of way. I'm curious. Oh, definitely. Know. Uh, well, rest in peace to just the legend Greg Giraldo. Like Greg watching Giraldo. him coming to like Greg Giraldo was the first time I ever was like, yo, I want to do that. Wow. Like, like, yo, this guy is just so good. He's so like watching him in those uh Comedy Central roasts, it was just like strategic. Boom, 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 shoo, shoo. Like he was surgical with it. And it was just like he was from the Bronx, so there was that relation, but just just his story and then just the tragic ending of it. And it's just like he had so much more to go. But just when he was hitting, he was hitting. That always stuck. That always stuck with me. Like Greg Giraldo is one of the best. One of the best writers. One of the best writers. Like when it came to those jokes, mm -hmm. Greg Giraldo was a fucking beast. Like you saw a, it. a beast. And Greg Giraldo, when I was coming up, you know, I would I would spend a lot of time with Greg Giraldo because we would frequent the cellar uh, mm -hmm. in the Boston Comedy Club a lot at that time. But you know, I literally found myself being in awe of Greg, just his ability to write the jokes that he fucking wrote. It, it was, mm -hmm. was kind of like, you know, I felt like he was cheating. It was it, so good. It's I was like, like, he, he's probably got to, he has to have a cheat sheet. Bro, like watching, watching old Greg Gerardo footage is like watching old Jordan footage. And I'm not, I'm not, ex like, it's just like, he's like one, two, from outside, inside. When he hit that, I wouldn't fuck you with B. Arthur's dick. I'm like, bro, bro. Greg <laughs> Greg Gerardo, I can't. That's the piece to the legend. You get no, you get no pushback from me, man. That's a great name. Yeah, it's a great name. What about you, man, man? For me, it's I can name like twenty off the top of my dome because I didn't have cable until I was like 13, 14. and when I got it, like I dove right into Comedy Central, and that, at that time, Comedy Central had a lot of like stand-up, like Comic Justice with mm -hmm. AJ Jamal. You know what I'm saying? The BT mm -hmm. at Comic View. So like all those dudes, man, Don T C Curry. Arnett J, you know what I'm saying? I already said AJ Jamal, but like on a on a bigger scale, it was Eddie and Martin for me because like there was so much stuff that Eddie did, you know what I mean? That was like, to me, I was like, I want to be that dynamic. You know what I mean? Like I want to be able to like mm. do stand-up and do a movie and play three characters in that movie. You know what I mean? And also, you know what I mean? Like just do a song, you know what I mean? Just like he, like he was just, he could do anything. You feel me? And like, anything. he was like a juggernaut. You know, it's crazy. You don't realize how good Eddie's song was until you play it again today. Ducks party on the top. Come on. That is. Yes. If you play it, playing it today, it really makes you ask yourself back then, wait, so what the fuck was I doing <laughs> when it dropped last time? Uh -huh. Like, was I, what the fuck? I remember, I know I remember the song. But like, was I in love with the song that I embraced? Because now when I hear it, I look at my kids and I'm like, see, this is the shit. Y'all don't know nothing don't about know this about shit. This, huh? you know? yeah. <laughs> it, it's a fucking great song, man. And it's a great job. That. And now he's making reggae music. And it's not like, if you if you heard the song and you wasn't like, that's Eddie Murphy, people were like, yo, that's a good song. That's a good song. But then you're like, it's Eddie Murphy. Then they don't take it as seriously. But he's out here, man. Eddie made me listen to listen to some of his music uh we were i was at his house and he was like yo man i want you to hear some shit and you know i didn't know what the fuck it was i was like all right whatever and he plays it and it was fucking reggae music and he had like a guitar he'd play his little mm -hmm. guitar he fuck but that's that's what he's into and what i realized about eddie you know after a certain age it's about finding another thing to love like you yeah. know you got to make sure that you always have something in front of you to do that you love. And yeah. that's that's what he does. That music shit, that's a real passion. That's a mm -hmm. love. Like he got the the studio and all that shit in his house. Like that's a fucking passion for him. So mm -hmm. I get shit. it. I fucking get it. I, I gotta find me something. I think I'm a 
end up beatboxing or something stupid soon. I'm gonna there you go drop the, the rap spoons. album. <laughs> play the fucking spoons, make a fool out of my goddamn self. Kevin, what are you doing? Are you playing the spoons? Yeah, why not? Is that a is that a spoons? Kevin, is that oh, a harmonica? Man. Kevin, are you playing a fucking harmonica? He's doing yeah. an acoustic blue like a bluegrass album? Yeah, I saw, I saw Andre 3000 with a flute in Cabo. True story. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what he does now. He walks around with the walks flute and everyone's living. taking pictures with Andre 3000 with the flute. That's that's a, that's a level of success, like you said. It's like, yo, I've done everything I want to do with this. So now I'm going to start doing this. And maybe the fans don't understand, but you're like, yo, I'm no longer working for you. I'm trying to work for myself and be it happy. It don't matter what you think. I'm playing Legend of Zelda mm-hmm. in real life. I don't care. I saw a genuine look of happy and freedom mm-hmm. in his face. Really? And if you don't know what that looks like, then that could be because you you may not have either had it, right? Been around somebody that has it. But when I saw his face, I saw a genuine look of happiness and freedom. He just had yep. a flute and he was walking the street, chilling. And he was just playing. Well, not street. He, we we were at like a, a resort. And he was like just walking around a resort, chilling, playing a fucking flute. True story. Yo, that's funny because I last night I was just looking through uh, old photos on my phone. And you know how like every now and then the iPhone would be like, yo, remember you were doing this last year? Mm-hmm. Last year, for the first time ever, me and Miro took a private jet down to Atlanta. It was not a it wasn't a fancy private jet. It was like, like they roasted us because it was an old school. They were like, it's a 2003 Pontiac. We was all the niggas with, a, with an 83 Buick PJ. Yeah, no USB chargers or whatever. And then, but then like later on, there's a picture and it's just me and Meryl. We're at Waffle House. And it's like early in the morning and we're just, it's just us eating waffles. And we're just like so high. But the looks on our faces, it looks like we're the happiest we've ever been in our whole entire life. Because there's no Waffle Houses in New York. So this is literally our first time being at a Waffle House. It's like kind of a moonlight <laughs> moment. And it's just like, I'm, that same look that Andre had, that was us. Cause bro, we're just like, yo, we're on a private jet. Yo, we eating that Waffle, yo, we in Atlanta, yo. Bro. Like we, every now and then you have moments where you're just like, yo, like you step back, like, wow. Look at our lives. Like, as you should not, though. Yeah. All the time. You gotta zoom out at least once a month, man. You gotta zoom out and be like, yo. It's, it's easy to lose sight. Yeah. Of why those moments are important. Speak on it, because you start going so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. You start going so fucking fast, right? So, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Um, as, as you keep checking these fucking things off the list, well, they speed up as you mm-hmm. get better. They, huh? They're so spaced out when you're, when you're not known and when you're on your way to getting known. It's, it's far fewer in between. But then as you build up that you know, that following, that popularity, well, then they, they get a little more consistent. They get back yeah. to back. And you look up, within a year, you've done some shit. Within two years, you've done some crazy you know I mean? shit. Within three years, are is it history you making? Is it what? Like, what the fuck is happening? And you look back at this road, and you got to go, God damn, did I really realize what was going on? Did I take a second to truly embrace it and enjoy it and if you didn't then that means that you got to give yourself a chance to slow down because as a guy i skipped past so much of my shit by moving so fast but now at the age 42 41 i'm fucking i'm i make sure that i realize what happened what what can happen and i and i make sure to take moments to just smile to definitely that reminds me of a there's a drake lyric where he's just like there's certain things I've done I wish I could relive to have that feeling of doing it for the first time. Yep. I'm paraphrasing. But that's such a real thing. That's such a real thing. And that always reminds me of a second quote, which was from Derek Jeter. It was like one of his last games as a Yankee. And they asked him what his quote, like what's going through his mind. And he said, my father said, remember this game because you've been moving so fast, you forgot all the other games. Just remember this game so you'll always have it in your memory. And that's like kind of the way we live our life now. Cause it's just like, it's eat, like we're doing the shows and it's like, boom, record th- Tuesday, record Thursday, record, record, record. Dr. Fauci's this guest, Kamala Harris, this guest, Joe Biden's yeah. this guest. It's easy to just like, just take it all for granted and be like, yo, this is just the routine, I'm bored. But then every now and then you gotta stop and be like, yo, you have a TV show, fam. Like six years ago, you were worrying in Target every time you swiped your ATM. Facts card you know what i'm saying like you've come such a far away put the, put the plastic bag so, over it there's definitely so, money on it so fucking so so good 
so but, good what you just said. But man. you know what I'm saying? And the real thing too, like, and you can speak on this better than us. Like, like, you know, we sold out, you know, MSG Hulu Theater, whatever. We were like, yo, this is it. Like, yo, this is so yeah. huge for us. Like, what's it like taking that step from those levels to like an arena? Yeah. Cause you done done yeah. arenas. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the craziest thing. You want to know when I really, really had a moment about three months ago, three months ago, we're in pandemic, places are locked down, and you're talking about the memories that come up on your phone. Yeah. There was a memory that came up on my phone, and it's from like three years ago. And we're in Australia. And I say we did 150,000 people in Australia. Oof. So like we were we were there, we were there for about seven days in all the venues, all the markets. We did about 150,000 people. Oof. And I sat and I was like, I remember when we left, we were like, yo, Australia was dope as fuck. But we didn't fucking really process what happened. And I was like, now, now when you talk about those arenas, you talk about those stadiums, theaters, whatever it is, will it ever come back? And if it doesn't, God damn, I'm going to miss the fuck out of what I may not yes. have fucking given the real, the real love that it probably deserved. Because I, I was definitely mind blown and thankful but did I really embrace all of those people coming out and seeing me the way that I that I was supposed to or that I should? I know I right. say thank you. I know I say good night. I know I say I love you and I mean it. But fuck, if we never get to do it again like that, did I really did I really give that the moment? And that was a thing for me. So when you talk about what is that like, it's mind blowing to think that people come out to see you to be entertaining, have a good time, to, to, to take their mind off of good, bad, ugly, whatever, you become the thing that can, that should only be perceived as good because that's what they're coming to yep. see you. Now, something else happens after that. That's, you know, it is what it is. But the effort is, you, you, you make me have a good time. Yeah. I, I'm going to escape my worries or whatever by coming to see you. Yep. Bro, people are like, people are like, yo, I worked hard for this money. I am going to spend this money to see you. That blows my yeah. mind. Insane. That blows my mind. Cause I we, we we know our fans. We we know our fans and we know our fans, like our fans, like they're like tweeting about struggling, about like their jobs are not paying them enough. And they're like, oh, you dropped the book, say less. I'm copying this. Yeah, you have a show, let's go. You know what? I can barely afford it. I'm gonna get showtime to support y'all. And you know, we never take that for granted. And it's just like, like you were just saying, our last show. We, uh, we had like a little show inside FIT, but our last show was in the Life is Beautiful Festival out in Vegas. And that was our biggest crowd yet. And we was out in like one of those airplane hangars and it was just so many people in like the afternoon, it was dumb hot. And all these people were out there in the desert to see us. And we're just like, yo, are y'all real? Are y'all for real? Y'all out here on a Saturday afternoon? Like that was mind blowing. But like you said, like that was our biggest show. And that's the memory we have. Like we killed it, but this is like, damn, we were hungry. We was like, yo, we gonna keep oh, getting We're gonna get more, oh, we're gonna do more and shows. Yeah, we, yo, this is only the beginning. It's the tip of the iceberg, baby. Beginning. Oh, yeah. when this book drop, we gonna go on this book tour. We gonna fuck up the whole continental 48 Yeah. I'm gonna give you guys, I'm gonna give you guys the little gems that I feel like I have. The first one I'm mm -hmm. gonna say, I say little gems just because I'm little, but I, I do believe these are, these are big fucking gems. The two carry, four carry gems. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I got some fucking great gems. The first thing is, man, don't lose, don't lose your humility. Like you, you guys, you're as as I'm talking to you, you know, this is my first time talking to you guys. We don't have a relationship. We've mm -hmm. there's no there's no rapport. There's there's such a there's such an amazing humble. And 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 dope piece of humility. Like you're 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 just you're so thankful to be where you are. You're you're you embrace where you come from, and your fans and supporters, you know, their priority, right? And and the opportunities you guys are like, yo, every time something's happened, you said shout out to such and such. 
Cause, cause he made it happen. Oh man, let's give a big shout out to from from MTV. Oh, from Complex, he came. You, you're not forgetting people. You're not forgetting these important fucking factors. And I think, I think that's an amazing thing, man. So I would say, keep that. Don't lose Never. that as more success comes. Never. The second thing, the second thing I'll say is, I meant what I said about you guys are creating like this this new lane. And, and the business that you're now doing in it is dope as hell, you know? Don't let it just be one book, right? Oh, this no. is dope as fuck. Don't let it be one book tour, you know? Like, you guys are in a literature space and in a fucking uh, an audio space. Like, mm-hmm. like what, are, you, are you serious? Listen, man. Look listen. at the two biggest pastimes. What do people do? People love to read. People love to listen. You guys are in both spaces, man. So don't... Don't take that for granted. Listen, we would not. We shout out to our shout out to our money machine and fucking TV. Let's not let's not skip the TV. I'm sorry, I don't want to act as if you're no, not no, there. No, like, get it. And and TV. You know I mean? your, Yo, your personality. No. You're checking all the boxes. Right, man. Yeah, shout out to our team. You know, shout out to Victoria. Shout out to Victor. Shout out to Christina. Shout out to Sherry. We've we've positioned ourselves. We have our fans always say the brand is strong, and the brand is the podcast. But even on a different level, I think Charlemagne talked about it, and Steve Stout mentioned this on the Breakfast Club. They, at one point, they were trying to like license Bodega Boys on a channel, and we were like, "No, that's R.I.P. You guys cannot have the rights to it. We are going to keep that 100%. Because of that, everything we do on the podcast, we own. So if you wanted to take the audio version of the podcast and sell that as a cartoon or sell it as a TV show, we don't have to go through anyone else. You understand that? Like we own our masters, and it's like we've been structured like that for our whole lives. Like we've never been in any kind of deal that gives us massive entanglements and stops us from working with other brands and stuff. And that's from having good, solid legal advice, having good people you can trust, and just people who have been there from day one. So shout out to them. Like you know, they're doing all the heavy lifting behind the scenes and allowing us to just keep working. Yeah, yeah but it takes a you. If you're doing heavy lifting for people that don't that don't grasp the concept of why you're doing what you're doing. Then you, you're gonna break your back. Exactly. If no, but they've, but they've been there since day one. Like they, they like shout out to Christina and Victoria. Like they had much bigger clients than they're like some. When we mention our lawyers' names, people get nervous in conference rooms. That's how mm-hmm. powerful they are in New York. But they saw us and they didn't have to take us on. They weren't even charging anything. But they were like, "You guys are talented, and we believe in you." And it's I paid off. It I love that, you know what man. I love your story, man. You, you guys. I, I have to be honest. It's, it's cool as shit. It's cool Thank shit, you, and, I'm, and I'm a fucking happy guy. So I like to see, I like to see people doing good. Yeah, bro. Listen, man. Like, I, like I, I, I don't know at, at what point it was said or whatever, but like, people ask the question, like, well, you know, where do you want to be? What do you want to do or whatever? I, and I, and like, I just like off the top of my head, I, I said, I want to, re- I want to reach Kevin Hart levels of ubiquity. But yeah. like everywhere you go, yeah. like that man is there. He's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and everybody's like, yo, yo, oh, oh, Kevin Hart's gonna be there. All right, we pulling up. You know what I'm saying? Like that level of like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's hard work. You know what I mean? You can speak to that. Could we rewind it though? Could we rewind it though? South by Southwest, Miro. We at the funnier die yep. party. Okay, oh, we were shit. not able to. We were not able to get into <laughs> the front door. We Word. had to sneak into the back door, and we in the back. And who walks through? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. And he nodded at us, and we was like, "Yo, <laughs> are you serious? Yo, are you serious? Kevin Hart, yo, my God, yo, we made it. Like we lost it, bro. We <laughs> lost it. <laughs> that was fucking. I remember me and uh, me and Will Ferrell. We were doing yeah for that movie. We doing get hard, get hard yeah. promo. Yeah, get but hard bro, just promo. See, that nod right there, because like we were just like, yo, we was at South by Southwest. We didn't have a per diem. We were starving. We had to eat in like two days. Miro had dropped like wearing the same. All right, Miro for two days. Clothes. Miro dropped a frappuccino on Fetty Wap's Yeezys. Yo, it was a mess. <laughs> but then we got that nod from Kevin. Hart. We got that Kevin Hart nod. I was like, what? I was like, you can't tell me nothing. Who's <laughs> <laughs> out there? Who's out there? Like basketball shorts and white tees, like looking like somebody's <sighs> like you know hood security guards and shit. Security, security kept their eye on us. It was like, yeah, yeah, we know you're gonna act up. We was like, yeah, probably, was, probably. You know what? That's the first. That was the first. That was the first one that I've ever went to. By the way, that was our. That was our first time. To. Like that was our first time ever traveling. So was it one. was a mess. It was, it was, <laughs> listen, we were like stealing food from the hotel bar because we didn't, the, the, the network was like, yo, you're going to get your per diem when you come back. And we was like, how does that make sense? Damn, we're starving out here. 
Like, so isn't it crazy the assumption they have the assumption like when you're just starting out that you're okay they don't know how don't fucked know. up it is like, for, for a lot of these for a lot years. of these younger people <laughs> that are that are getting like hey lady man i got seven dollars you're about Bro. to put me on a plane <laughs> to take i got seven dollars not in not in the bank in my pocket that's it there's no what do you mean when i get back they really oh, there's a there's a level they of they really don't get it. No, they really don't get it. eight quarters. I remember I got okay. I did a pilot and I I asked if I could be paid in cash. Like mm. I like I had so I was so ignorant to the opportunity, so ignorant and they were talking about a check and I was like, yo, I don't want to take this to the cash, you know, check yeah, they're gonna take half my money. Yeah. yeah, man. I is there any way where y'all can pay me off the books? Bro, sorry, when we were what? doing the podcast, I keep looking at my bank account, and it's like, all right, we're episode six, episode seven, episode eight. I don't see any deposits coming in. And so I go, and I was like, yo, I haven't got a check yet. They were like, oh, you're a freelancer. You have to submit an invoice. I was oh, like, no. I was oh, like, what no. is I was like, I don't even know what that means. Oh, I just shitted myself. Was, Wait a minute. What like, do you mean? If, and how in my head, that take? because <laughs> the way me and Mero are set up, I was like, so so we just jumped this guy? Like, what's oh, going my, on? How we, we going to get our money? Ass. Oh, man. Whip his ass. <laughs> so you mean I got to fill out just asked piece me. of paper, mail it in. Well, first of all, that's if you know what invoice you is. You, exactly. you don't know what the fuck invoice is at first. Uh, so that's why you got to Googled. I just Googled invoice template. Just put it like that. I was like, here, I hope this works. I hope that's so I hope that social security number works. It's so many, it's so many gems. And what's being said, man, and to the younger generation that's listening to this. I mean, look, they're just talking about the high level of ignorance, of course, that we have to certain things that we just don't know about. Mm -hmm. We were never told. We were never told. So how are we supposed to know? More importantly, when you're struggling, it's your struggle. People don't know about that struggle. So people on the outside are always under the assumption that you're good. Mm-hmm. They always think that you're good. So when you when you, when you're in that, I understand what you guys are both saying. Like fuck, we were out here, we didn't have any food. Oh my god, we was broke as shit. It was that was crazy for us that time. And I'm a booster, I know dog. the feeling. I'm a booster. I'm a, like a, you know what I'm saying like that's a disease that I'm not mad. I have. Like I said in the book, that's, you know shit, that, like, that's in your background. You know what I mean? That's just from my background. So I'm no, he still does it. He still does it. We went, Kevin, we were on a flight into L.A. like last year before the pandemic. We, we had a layover in Newark, and he came shoplifting. I'm like, sir, we have a TV show. <laughs> He's like, I can't help it, bro. Okay. I can't help it. Man, you got to stop stealing. I can't, Kevin, I can't. Catch you. They're going to catch you on camera. Like, Yo, even the people in the store. Nice right there, even the people, nobody's looking. That shit is mine. <laughs> The people in the store are like, yo, I saw Miro steal that, but you know what? I'm a fan. I'm going to let him go. You By know. the way, it's one of the most embarrassing things to get caught at. <laughs> right? A successful gonna... thief is the worst kind of thief. Just if they catch you stealing something like a pack of socks, it's like, what are you doing? He's going to be the next Winona Ryder. Watch. Hey, you're not going to, oh you know, listen. Oh go see that mugshot. You know, on a serious tip, though, like you were saying before, like opportunities and stuff like that. Like I always try to tell, like I tapped in with the kids from the school I used to work with. And I told them, I was like, listen, you don't always got to be in front of the camera because there's people that are really funny, but they're kind of introverted and they don't have like, you know, that confidence to go out on stage in front of hundreds mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. I was like, my man, mm -hmm. you could be a writer. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you the, know what I mean? Writer, producer. producer you know I mean, what I mean? It's, it's like, so much. You feel me? I was like, so does much. anybody know what Dick Wolf looks like? No, absolutely not. And nobody I can else show you his house. knows what Dick Wolf looks like. Bet, but that motherfucker's name you. is at the end of everything. Everything. If I show you his fucking estate. You'll go. I bet. Oh, that's okay. His. You'll that's get, his you'll shit right there. Why? You'll understand why. Uh, guys, man, this was this was amazing. This, this was, was fucking okay, amazing, you, man. man. Thanks, Kevin, you have no idea, man. Also, shout out to you, Kevin. You are an incredible interviewer because we've oh, done man. some interviews and we've asked the same question, but you were asking <laughs> deep, honest, heartfelt. <laughs> Questions. This was a fun well, one. Should man. I really want to? Should I really want to know? I told you, there's no, there's no program to it. So it's, I can't talk to you guys as if I know you. I, I'm, I'm here to get to know you. So if I ask the questions that I feel help me better understand the both of you and and not only who you are but why you are where you are, then I consider that a good interview because I left knowing you. Uh, if I leave knowing nothing about you, then I feel like I didn't do my job. Yep. That's how I feel. But this was this was dope as fuck, man. And and I gotta say, man, I'm a bigger fan today uh, than I was yesterday. And it's because oh, I just you, love man. more. Likewise, so, man. Dude, nothing, 
nothing but more success to you both. Guys, please keep it in this space, man. Keep that fucking friendship alive. Okay. Don't let dumb shit come in between this relationship. Never. That's why you Never. guys are where you are. So uh, blessings to you. And today, goddamn, we got inside the minds of Desus and Miro. Um, and what amazing minds they are. Once again, they got a book out. Go support the book, New York Times bestseller. Give them the title of the book again, guys, one more time. God Level Knowledge Darts, Life Lessons from the Bronx. God Level Knowledge Darts and Life Lessons from the Ooh. Bronx. Also, season three coming back. Showtime, you know the vibe. Jesus and Mero, number one show at late night. You know what I mean? There you go. And you can't disrespect that. What he says is true. And I love it. More success to you both, man. Thank Likewise, you. brother. Thank you, Thank Kevin. You. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Conan O'Brien here to tell you about some of the stranger things we've been doing recently on my podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Recently, we had an episode where I uh, sat down with some of the writers that I worked with on Conan O'Brien Must Go. That's my uh, travel show on Max. And we talked about everything that goes into those shows uh, and a lot of very insane anecdotes from our travels and adventures. There's another episode you might want to check out where I discuss with my physician, Dr. Arroyo, about my experience on Hot Ones. We talk about my near-death experience and his uh, complete inability to help me because he may or may not be a real doctor. That's just some of the stuff that's been going on. Uh, and if you feel up to it, check it out. So catch up on all things I've been up to on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, wherever you get your podcasts.